If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. Uh, what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Hello and welcome back to the Wine Dark Cynics podcast. I am Dio. It's Gene. And I am Mac. Okay, so last episode we talked about Carl Jung. Let's talk about psychological interpretation of dreams. Okay, so essentially we're talking about dream work. So dream work differs from classical dream interpretation in that the aim is to explore the various images and emotions that the dream presents and evokes while not attempting to come up with a unique dream meaning. In this way, the dream remains alive, in quotations, whereas if it has been assigned a specific meaning, it is finished, i.e. over and done with. Dream workers take the position that a dream may have a variety of meanings depending on the level of subjective, objective that are being explored. So essentially, this is kind of the uh, opposite of Oneiromancy because Oneiromancy, you know, pro- prophetic divination from dreams to predict the future they have specific meanings and they're there whereas dream work it's essentially opposite they depends on the situation which this is more of a psych i guess a scientific interpretation of a dream you know you're looking more at the emotional level so a belief of dream work is that each person has his or her own dream language any given place, person, object, or symbol can differ in its meaning from the dreamer to dreamer and also from time to time. In the dreamer's ongoing life situation, thus someone helping a dreamer get closer to his or her dream through dream work adopts an attitude of not knowing as far as possible. In dream work, it is usual to wait until all, que- all the questions have been asked and the answers carefully listened to before the dream worker or dream workers, if it is done in a group setting, offers any suggestions about what the dream might mean. In fact, a dream worker often prefaces any interpretation by saying, if this were my dream, it might mean, a technique first developed by Montag Ullman, Stanley Krippner, and Jeremy Taylor. In this way, dreamers are not obliged to agree with what is said and may use their own judgment in deciding which commands appear valid or provide insight. If the dream work is done in a group, there may be may well be several things that are said by participants that seem valid to the dreamer, but it can also happen it can also happen that nothing does. Appreciation of the valid validity of the insightfulness of a comment from a dream work session can come later, sometimes days after the end of the session. Dream work or dream work can also refer to Sigmund Freud's idea that a person's forbidden and repressed desires are distorted forbidden in desire. dreams. So they appear. Okay, that's uh, that's a that's a whistle do, uh, dog whistle to. Uh, let's be honest. Penis. Yes, he's obsessed with that. The phallic symbol. Uh, repressed desires are distorted in dreams, so they appear in disguised forms. The distorted processing processes and operation can take various forms, but are referred to generally as dream work or dream work with a hyphen. Dreamworks. I know and this is a funny thing because I was thinking about DreamWorks when I first started when I heard of this topic. But by the way, who made DreamWorks? The uh, Prince of Egypt. That was a good movie. Um, oh, was it DreamWorks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was DreamWorks. So, yeah. Okay, psychodynamic perspective. Sigmund Freud's theory of psychoanalysis is largely based on the importance of the unconscious mind. According to the theory, the unconscious does not 
only affect a person during the day, but also in dreams. In the psychodynamic perspective, the transferring of, a con- of unconscious thoughts into the consciousness is called dream work. In German, it's Traumarbeit. In dreams, there are two different types of content, the manifest and latent content. The latent content is the underlying unconscious feelings and thoughts that the manifest content is made up of a combination of the latent thoughts and it is what is actually being seen in the, in the dream. And according to Carl Jung, you know, last episode we talked about Carl Jung, Carl Jung's principle of compensation, the reason that there is latent content in dreams is that the unconscious is making up for the limitations of the conscious mind. Since the conscious mind cannot be aware of all all things at once, the latent content allows for these hidden away thoughts to be unlocked. Psychoanalysts use the knowledge of the process of dream work to analyze dreams. In other words, the clinician will study the manifest content to understand what the latent content is trying to say. Process. Okay, I'm going to go on to this. According to psychoanalytic view, to be able to understand dream dream work fully, a person needs to understand how the mind transfers the latent thoughts to manifest. The first step is called condensation. I don't like these terms they use, to be honest. They just sound too... Um, Moist. <laughs> Moist. I heard, just, I heard some people don't like that word. Yeah. Moist. I don't... Yeah. It just sounds maybe, I don't Does know. Does it bother you? I say no. Moist. I don't like cold, wet things. You don't like... Does it bother you? No. Yeah, I'm saying it so much. I've n- I don't actually... I've never met anyone that doesn't like it, but I've seen like comments and stuff. Condoms. Oh my God, I hate that word. Same, yeah. So, oh, it makes my skin crawl. No, it's not that I don't like it. It's just condensation just sounds like a weird term to use. Does it for make the- things... maybe that's why (laughs) okay condensation and it is the combining of different unconscious thoughts into one the combining of the unconscious thoughts makes it easier for the mind to express them in the dream the step of condensation has two sub steps day residues and censorship do you say residues or residues residues (laughs) sorry i heard residues i was like what That does sound like a Freudian thing, though. Freudian thing. Well, that's why I I asked. I think I heard residues too. (laughs) Residues. It it seems like it could be a Freud thing. Maybe because I say dudes too much. Yeah, that dude. The residues. Residues. Yo, dude. Okay, residues and the censorship. On the other hand, according to Ullman and Erich Fromm, dreams have no censorship at all. Day residues are leftover daily issues that bring. You You're saying You're residues. Saying residues. <laughs> Sorry, man. Maybe I just I'm a dude, man. Residues. You know what's you know what's crazy about residues? Have you ever had a dream that kind of ascends residues into like reality? Like you hold on, you, you get, get down. With it. But you ever had a dream that um that happened where it's the the dream is kind of like sleeping into into reality? Like you remember what happened in your dream, but it's sort of like. On the sur- it's like coming out in reality in a sense. You ever had that? I've idea? had the opposite. Oh, yeah. It's like with it's kind of stress cr- if you're stressed. It's crazy. Do you have a specific example by any chance? You're saying the dream bleeds I mean, into reality? Kind of, yeah. Instead of the opposite. Because like, the opposite is more likely than the what like I am if I saying. Hear, if I hear my alarm trying to wake me up, I'll hear, like in my dream, there'll be like a weird beeping sound. I get that. I think. No, that's the opposite. What like, I'm trying to say be, is that be, your dream, being, like. Being chased is, I think, commonly connected to stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something Pretty sure. Just like always mm-hmm. in the back of your mind. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So that would be a residue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something, something of that sense. Day residue, but it's not. Is it? What I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say is, like, you have a dream about being chased, and then you're stressed the next day at work. No, you're stressed in life, and then you have a dream. About I, no, no, no. I, I, I think guess. That's, I guess that's what I'm. I thing. guess what I'm trying to say is like the dream comes out in real life rather than the opposite like yeah, what, yeah, yeah. instead of being stressed and then you in your dreams you feel that as a as a manifestation of like a nightmare or where people are chasing you i'm talking about a dream that you know what, what, it seeps into example? reality wait so it's the reverse yeah it's that's you, what he's saying dream yeah yeah about being chased and then you get stressed is that what you're talking about okay i'm gonna i'm gonna read it again okay Okay. According to psychoanalytic view, to be able to understand dream work fully, a person needs to understand how the mind transfers the latent thoughts to manifest. Mm-hmm. The first step is called condensation, and mm-hmm. it is the combining of different unconscious unconscious thought into one. The combining of the unconscious thought makes it easier for the mind to express them in the dream. The step of condensation has two sub-steps, day residues and censorship. On the other hand, according to Ullman and Eric Fromm, dreams have no censorship at all. Day residues are leftover daily issues that bring up some unconscious thought. Yeah, that, so it's stuff from the day yeah. goes into the dream. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, no, I was wrong. It's the opposite. Opposite. Okay, yeah. So but I mean, I mean, what I'm the whole point it is. Do you have an example? Either way. Yeah, you just like because you know I've had an example of so, where with so, where I remember my dream while I'm in real life. Yeah, I mean, so I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I've, but I'm telling you, though, I've had the opposite happen to me where I was awake and I had a, a dream like the I had. I remember I had a dream in the past and it I it's like I had some weird cognition and I remembered the dream because I was doing something in the real world that corresponded to the dream I had a day ago. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I was walking. Sure, sure, sure. I was walking in a certain pathway or street. Like, let's say the street is Nybolt, you know, like for those Stephen King fans, you know, Nybolt Street. And then in the, in the dream, I was walking through Nibolt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the dream is coming almost into reality. In but does it, does it make you remember it or does it influence something in reality? It, no, no, just memory. Just memory. Just triggers the memory. Yeah, just triggers the memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain. No, I, I'm, I'm not good at explaining I'm things. Almost like a deja vu thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. You know, but deja, you know it's a dream. Like a deja vu. Like you felt this before in your dream, but now you... You've had the similar feeling, but now that you you know while your your memory's getting jogged back, you remember that that thing that happened that you're thinking about actually was in your dream. Yeah, I've had that. Is it kind of it's kind of trippy? A place you've never been before? No, it could be anything. Anything that happens no, in a dream. It's just a feeling. That just you've a done. feeling. Like it, it wash. Like, like you, I could you've, be doing. I could be cooking something, and it, and then and then in the dream think, you were cooking something. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, yeah a yeah, lot yeah, of things. Yeah. It could be cooking. It like, just jogs you. Like, oh yeah, I dreamt about that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's like a. Oh, it's like oh, it, jog, yeah. it jogs you. But you like you know, it's like you don't. What would that, what would that be exactly? Anything, anything. For example, I mean, a lot of things. Would you call it? It's not, it's not really say, deja vu. Kind of a deja vu. Kind. No, I would say it's just. It's, it's just. It's like hard to explain. You, it's not really deja vu. It's something else. It's like it, something no, else. No, no, no. Picture like this. If if I fucking am trying to think of something, I'm trying to think of fucking Jung, right? Not fucking Jung, but not to get Freud, right? But That's fucking right. Uh, yeah. So I'm 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 thinking I'm trying and I can't remember his name. Like, God, what the fuck is that guy's name? And like a day goes by and I can't remember. And then somebody's like, Oh, this is my friend David Young. And then I'll be like, 
Oh yeah, I was trying to remember that the other day. Fucking young, like one of those things. But like think about it in a dream. Some, in a dream, yeah. But yeah. Instead of like actively doing it, it happened in a dream. Like, like you find something, maybe like, oh man, I was looking for this in my. Where did, where was I looking for it? Because you're always thinking, where where was that? I was looking. Oh yeah, it was in my dream. I was looking for this this thing. It's okay. okay so um, the only reason I bring this up is because I used to you know have a dream journal and I would write down my dreams, but then I wouldn't be consistent and then. Uh, one day I was like, wait a minute, I just remembered my dream now, but later instead, you know, because when you write then, it, you remember it right away. And then you read it. And uh, you're like, you know what I, I mean? It's like a sort this. of a recall. Something. A recall. Exactly. Yeah. A recall. Yeah. I've had that. Yeah. Had it's, that. it's cool, isn't it? Total recall. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't remember it being in my experiences, anything too significant, but I can't remember that well. Yeah, maybe it's because you got to have a dream journal. and then Because you, if you consistently journal every day and you remember your dreams very vividly and everything that happened, you can do that over a long course of time. Makes it a bit more common or easier to... Yeah, it's kind of strange. Hab- you get like a weird... It's like a weird power almost. It's not It's not anything significant like you said. I, 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 that's not, I don't think don't it, remember my dreams. Yeah, I don't... It just depends. It, for, for the people who like doing that, I'm, this is, by the way, marketing in a sense to the people who actually like doing that. Dream if journals not, are on our website, our nineteen. <laughs> no, for real, there probably are dream journals out there. But I'm just saying, like, for the people who are interested in that, that's something cool. But if you're not interested in that, you know, look at it from the psychological perspective. That's all I'm saying, you know? Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, day residues are leftover daily issues that bring up some unconscious thought. The mind then displays this thought through a similar situation from the day. Before the unconscious thoughts can be displayed, they are censored. Since many unconscious thoughts do not follow the moral codice of society? What the? Maybe this... What the heck? Code. Yeah. Okay, what is... It wasn't an E there. Okay, code of society. (laughs) That was a weird fucking spelling. The mind changes them to be more respectful. Um, this is done th- uh, so that it does not cause the dreamer anxiety and therefore wake. Oh, that's that's nice of them. I don't want to call you, you know, cause you anxiety. I think, that's, I think that's bullshit. Right. This is this is how you know. This is from a, a long time ago. No, this even, psych- even then, like what? People never get fucking anxiety from that. Yeah, I, I would get more anxiety. What a fucking privileged life this guy. Exactly. Exactly. Like, because you know, I remember those dreams that caused me anxiety. Meant the ones where I was getting robbed. There, I think a lot of nightmares cause people. Anxiety. I was gonna say like literally a nightmare. <laughs> especially it's known, especially if it corresponds to something that's happening in the real life that is similar to what's going on in the nightmare. If you can make that connection, yeah. yeah. Not only that, but, but like, for example, are fucked up. Like, like I don't know what's getting censored. I'd be terrified. Like to I, see I, the I had a. <laughs> and I, t- I think we talked about them in the other dream episode. If that, yeah, if some of those are the censored versions, yeah, right. like, the censored versions. On? God damn! But the um, terrifying. An example is what I said. You know, when I was having the dreams of getting robbed, because after I got robbed the first time, you know, I had a lot of dreams of them coming back with weapons, and then me having to fight them off. It was a weird fucking nightmare. Oh, that's the worst. Where you're fucking fighting someone, but like it felt real. Will you punch them with everything you got, and it doesn't do shit? I hate those. No, dreams, no, no. Man. But have I, you ever had those? So the way it happened in my dream was uh, I, I was kind of self-aware that I couldn't do anything to them because I wasn't armed. So it's weird. So I had to like drop from, I had to like go out from my window, then kind of drop down silently and then, you know, cut them with my knife and the back of the, their throat or something like silently kill them. It was weird. Uh, it's very, uh, very disturbing. Have you never had those fighting dreams though? 
I, I think I have too. Where you're I, finding I've, somebody it doesn't work. I've had that so much. Like I'm giving them my best, and they're just like taking it. They're eating it like it's nothing. Like in a matrix like like, or something. Like you're fucking hitting them with fucking you know pillows or something, and they're just they just keep coming. Oh man, those dreams are fucked up. Like those are yeah. We're, and uh, yeah, that, that's got to be symbolic. It's like you. Yeah, no, definitely. You're doing everything, and it's like. Everything is unaffected. Unaff- and like, especially if you're if you're you know a tough guy. Like I I know I can hit hard on a conscious level. I know that my hits are hard. And if someone's just eating them, it's gonna it's gonna yeah, have it's a like, fucking effect. You know? It's like, what's going yeah. On and then and I'm giving like the, my best shots, and they're just like fucking. Yeah, Freud. What about the anxiety? Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you're full of shit. Fucking censored. The, no, it's because underneath this, like this is the underneath the censor is just Cthulhu. Like the fucking elder the cosmi- gods, the cosmic horror <laughs> just will melt your the brain. unknowable thing. <laughs> I guess that means it's censored. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> the mind changes them to be more respectful. Oh bullshit! This is done so that it does not cause the dreamer anxiety and therefore wake them up. It is okay. That's that's so weird. Looking back at that, it is also due to censorship that multiple unconscious thoughts are combined. Since it is, since it is hard to just have one slip through. After condensation, another step in the formation of dreams is displacement. This is where the dream may direct feelings or desires onto an unrelated subject. This is similar to the practice of transference, which a com- which a common technique used in psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis. Another step in the formation of dreams is symbolism. Objects or situation in a dream may represent something else, commonly an unconscious thought or desire. I can I can kind of see that. I mean, for example, like I always see a beach in my dream. Like I said, I mean, I want to go to the beach, man. You know, really freaking yeah, direct. No, that one's the pretty fucking direct. The, the one that the one that cracks me up is the one where it like pours um, emotion or feeling that's meant for someone else onto somebody different. Ah. that's funny. Cause it, wasn't that one of the ones? Go that, on, go on. Well, no, like you fucking dream of uh, of like. Like some chick at work or something like that, and they'll tell you like, "Oh no, you were you were actually dreaming of your wife. That's who that girl oh. represents." But it, it just it took that face of her, you know. Okay, I don't know about I, that because I had a dream of my coworker and I. Which one? I bet I know her. I'm not gonna say it. The one from the airport. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I, I don't think. Uh, no, she barely goes down there. You you wouldn't know. I know her. It's not no no it's not it's not her it's I not keep, I keep it's not her. all of them it's not her <laughs> the fourth and okay the fourth and final step in formation is secondary revision what kind of dream I'm I'm going on I'm going, I'm going on I'm moving on I'm moving on in this step all the thoughts are put together and made coherent to say it was rainy also another point of this step is to make the dream Moist. relate to the dreamer these four steps put together. Make up dream work. <laughs> dream work. Okay, guys. All right, all right. Okay, guys. All right. I, I get the joke. Bring it in. Bring it I in. I get the joke, guys. Focus. Dream workers. People who study the formation of dreams and then analyze them are called dream workers. As ma- I don't know. When I think of dream work, I just think of somebody who works for a charity. I think of that movie fucking yeah. Dreamscape. Uh, well, I think of Is it the one with the, the kid in the bed who's like flying through his dreams or whatever? And there's... The one the guy has like the cobra head, the bad guy. Is it? Is he like a? Is this an eighties eighties yeah, movie? Eighties movie. I think I remember it. That's a fucking freaky movie. Yeah, isn't he flying through? Probably through, yeah. With in his bed. Something like. Yeah, that, it's like yeah. a spaceship. 
Anyway, uh, I don't know about that. That seems that like movie. a kid movie. Dreamscape. Yeah, no, it's a it's a kid movie. It's like no, Dream, Dreamscape is like oh no, never mind. You're think I know the one you're talking about. That's a different one. Yeah, he's like a little like a little kid. He's like eight years old, and he's like flying through his imaginative world. You're or whatever. thinking of um, Macaulay Culkin. No, kidding. was it a cartoon or was it? It a was cartoon. I think you're thinking of uh, uh, Little Nemo. I think it's Little Nemo. I think it's Little Nemo. That's okay, I'm looking that up now because I just remember that. Little Nemo. Never heard of it. Yeah, he goes on like nighttime adventures to dreamland or some shit. I think it's Little Nemo. Little Nemo. Yeah. I do remember that one. No, Dreamscape is an adult like sci-fi. Not like a porn, but like, you know, rated R sci-fi fucking movie where this kid's having like these horrible nightmares in this organization. They can like plug you into the other person's dream to help them work through shit. And so this kid is having these horrible fucking night terrors. And like his night terror manifests as like this guy with a fucking cobra head, like a snake cobra head. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking scary. So the guy goes in there to fucking help him and he just gets like his ass whooped by the cobra guy. And they gotta, <laughs> they gotta try to help the kid, you know? It's pretty fucking wild. That that scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> I I never seen it, but it sounds Dream, really tri- really trippy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's like Inception before Inception, kind of. Yeah, and it's funny because Dio does not like Inception. I I kind of didn't see. I, I thought it was okay. It's overrated. Yeah, I can see over. I enjoyed it, but I do see where it's overrated. Yeah. Okay, dream workers must work backwards from the con- from the conscious to the unconscious. Since they are not the ones who saw the dream, they use among a variety of methods. Depending on the background of the dream worker, also free association with their clients. Free association is where the the client describes the dream and relates as many aspects of it to their life as possible. The dream worker listens intently and once they have gained as much information as possible about the dream, both through the dreamer's description of the dream and and through the dreamer's emotional status, they may be able to understand the dream better and better and gain information about the dreamer that they may not be aware of or were willing to share. That's some, I don't know how much comments on that. I think that's a good way of, um, I think that's the good way of analyzing a dream. I mean, in terms of, I'm not, seems straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually <sighs> analyze them themselves, their emotional state rather than just the dream itself. But I think they both, they both, both of it is kind of a, the key to the puzzle uh, to an extent but i mean this is this is like such this it's such a hazy thing because i mean we've talked about this before we're like we still don't exactly know what dreams are you know what i mean and so they're wildly up to fucking interpretations i think that you have to see it from both perspectives you have to understand you know the dreamer and the actual well, dream that's, themselves that's, that's what i'm saying like i think observing the dreamer as he's recounting his dream and trying to make his own connections, I think does a lot more than just, oh, because you've seen like dream dictionaries. Yeah, no, no, because the oneiromancy, that's what it does. Oneiromancy, they, I guess they have a universal meaning for the dreams. Like, oh, the pharaoh saw this in his dreams. He saw five cows. Five cows means that this is going to happen to the grain harvest or whatever. Well, that's that's his interpretation, but that's the, the biblical aspect of it is different. But I'm talking like modern day. Because modern day, you can go to like Barnes and Noble and fucking get 
like those dream dictionaries. Mm-hmm. It's oh. like, oh, if you I've see if you see snakes in your dream, it means this. Well, yeah, like fall, yeah. If you fa- see falling means this. Falling means You're this. Chased, if you lose your teeth, this. it means this. Yeah, because yeah. snakes mean it's it's also a cultural thing. Well, they'll give they'll give a couple different. Like if you see a snake doing X, Y, or Z, it means this, this, or this, right? If because they can mean change because they shed their skin, or it can mean danger because yeah, like it's so it's a little too universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem with it. Where I think that it makes more sense to see it from the the person who's dreaming it because a lot of it has to do with who they're from, wh- what kind of culture they believe, in, what religion they have, uh, their emotional status. Because you know, different animals mean different things to different cultures. Like for example, I think the the owl in Western culture is you know uh, knowledge, whereas in the Eastern culture, from what I heard, is an owl is not that sacred. You know, so it didn't mean much mm, to them. Actually, owls are owls are interesting. That's an interesting one to pick because the uh, the uh, Athena uh, Athena. Well, they have she has her owl. They have so it's wisdom, a Greek thing. But but owls are also um, tied to, um, not necessarily good stuff like the fairies. Like when people are abducted by fairies, they'll see owls. Um, alien abductions have owls, and there's there's stories in the east. Owls, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's a Western versus Eastern and, thing. Uh, what is it? Owls in um, um, the, the, the Middle fo- East was uh, they were tied to Lilith. Uh, Adam's owls also can Adam's first wife. Fertility can mean fertility. Yeah, but for example, like yeah, yeah, owls in the Western culture means they mean knowledge. A lot of universities they use owls as the symbol for their college because I think that's at the. Yeah, the it's a Western thing. It's, it comes from the at Greeks. The forefront, but even more than that in the West, it's got other meanings. Yeah, but this the, is, I think. But I'm saying it comes from the Greeks, from Athena, because she had an owl, and it represents the wisdom she uses to I, I think slay a her bunch foes. Of this was yeah. um, something like that. This, tie, this ties into like the the whole dictionary thing would tie into Jung's um, like shared subconscious of humanity and like the archetypes. Meaning that, like, our subconscious is all tuned into the same frequency. But for the for the most part, I, I'm like spiders. I feel like universally, most cultures see it as you know they they have arachnophobia. I think is one of like the most common arachnophobia and uh, phobia, snake phobia. Yeah, I think that's actually very common. Well, so they they tie. That's when we get into like dreams as a genetic memory because certain things are universal, mm-hmm. like the fear of falling, um, the fear of snakes the, the fear, fear of snakes of, is very real but especially in yeah. dreams because you know when like you'll you'll ever f- dream you're falling and you'll wake up like <gasps> like with that jerk right yeah yeah i've had that I've they, had they, that. they say that that ties into like our like primitive memories as you know when we were monkeys sleeping in trees and shit and also the snakes would come snatch us up as monkeys spiders too because they would live in the fucking tree and and bite us yeah Genetic memories are a very interesting thing because Genetic, it, very interesting. Because stuff. for example, like um, I know we're getting off topic, but the, for example, the dragon is a very universal myth in many cultures. Like for the Aztecs had dragons, the Chinese had dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some Mediterranean cultures also had serpents. Where it makes sense because as prim- when we evolved from primates that weren't aren't trees anymore, when we were land based primates, bipedal. Um, a biggest, the biggest threat that came to bipedal, bipedal animals was um, reptile snakes because they would crawl in the, on the ground and or we, in the trees. And yeah. We weren't, weren't, we were no longer on the trees. We were bipedal, and we'd oh. have to sleep on the ground. They could bite you. Yep. But on the trees too. But, but I think it became worse as you know, human yeah, yeah, humans yeah. evolved into uh, bipedal creatures. 
sleeping on the ground. And this is a scientific article that uh, talked about this. It's called the um, the dragons of our past or something. That the dragon is a representation. And this is not even, you know, this is a non-philosophical thing. It's actually a scientific thing. There's, Ar- there's, arachnophobia. there's a linguistic argument for, for dragons having existed or some... Some basis for dragons. Well, yeah, existed. there's a the the basis would be that obviously dinosaur bones and people or have you even whale bones? If you ever see a whale whale bones, man, they look like fucking monsters, especially the the ones with teeth teeth like sperm whales, mm-hmm. like they look like monsters. In Egypt, they found them, and in the desert, that the the Valley of Whales, they just look crazy. Like, I I can I would show you a the, picture. The, sn- the snake is a fucking as like the the dragon. That's interesting because. That stayed in like a genetic memory. But what's weird is that some cultures they see it more positively. Like for example, China, the dragon is seen as something benevolent, whereas in Europe, the dragons are seen as something you might, you have to kill and slay. But maybe it has to do with Christianity. I was gonna say because dragons became an antithesis to to the Christian doctrine. Like a lot of the newer like um, Saint Saint John and the Dragon, I think it is. Like those stories came up from that. But like dragons before then. I'm not saying they were revered, but they were known. And actually, fun fact, um, dragon comes from Latin, I believe, Draco. Draco, yeah, Draco. However, the old English word for dragon, you know what it was? What? I believe, if I'm not incorrect, it was uh, worm. That sounds... Worm, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And you'll see this in, in some... Fuck what doctrine is. You'll see it in some old legends and stuff. They'll refer to the dragons as, as worms, which which leads more towards like... Uh, like serpent. Serpent, yeah. Which makes more sense, a dragon being a serpent, because, you know, if you ever... Yeah, they're actual well, and, and giant Chin- serpents, anacondas. Well, not only that, but like Chinese... Chinese dragons are more serpent-like. You know? Yeah, that's the weird thing. There was a transition from dragons being more serpent-like and then being depicted more as winged. Like dinosaur. And I think the the wing dragon comes more from a, a Christian antithesis, like you said. Because, you know, angels have wings and then devils have... You know the other kind well, of it's, wings. It's it's hard for me to know. Like I I would actually and we're just we're just throwing out things out there, some theories. I, I would actually want to talk to like a, a a biblical scholar because in the Middle Ages there was so many like Christianity. Like when you you know the meme about like uh, biblically accurate angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard <clears> about that. Right, because biblical accurate angels are fucking terrifying. Right. They're yeah, not, there's like eyes and stuff. They're, well, yeah, they're not they're not human shaped in the fucking least. Right. Um. And so you gotta, you gotta like the whole wing thing is fucking. That's a relatively modern. I think that I thought that was like a Roman thing because you know the gods had wings. Like Hermes had the wings on his helmet. Um, I want to say like the human humanoid with wings comes from Zoroastrianism. Really interesting. Maybe, maybe, or maybe even somewhere else. But I, I don't know. But it doesn't. It's it's not the traditional way of looking at it. And fucking, um, so yeah, the concept of of to me, it's not so much the wings because Chinese dragons have wings too. It's um, it's the shape. It's the shape from like fucking serpentine to fucking like dinosaur. Well, I feel like the European ones look more like dinosaur dinosaur esque. Yeah, now they, they like do. They, they got the legs. Yeah, they have like um, yeah four legs, and then they. Have a, like a long neck, yeah. Then a long snout too. 
But that's I'm wondering where that came from, you know. Yeah, that that's why let's not Cuz if they were called worm before, you know what I mean? Like But that's we have to assume that that is the the old English word. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you might you say it might not be that. But anyway, um maybe it's just easier to draw. That's yeah, easier to draw. Let's yeah. go on let's go on on Freud and Jung just so we don't get off topic. So among Freud's earliest writings was The Interpretations of Dreams, 1899. That is a long time ago. In which he insisted that the dreams are the royal road to knowledge of activities of the unconscious mind. You know, and I kind of, this is probably the only thing I could I could uh, get on board with uh, Freud. In other words, that the dreams offer a meaning of understanding waking experience. He held his theory throughout his career, even mentioning it in his past published, published statements on dreams, printed about one year before his death. He also offered a theoretical explanation for the bizarre nature of dreams and invented a system for their interpretation and elaborated on their creative potentials. Spark notes, it's all dick and pussy. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. He, I think there is something. I don't know why he made everything so. I think maybe he was looking at it from a biological perspective, where humans, uh, yeah, for, like humans are animals, and they all the the only urge for animal is to think about sex. Well, if you if you as yeah, a driving it, it, as a driving force. Well, then that's why I said. Um, Whereas Freud, I, I I think I think Jung makes more sense because humans are not so primitive as he. Yes, things. Humans. That's, that's so. So Freud, from what I understand, is you had the id, the ego, and the superego, right? Superego is what we show to everybody. <clears throat> the ego is like a filter that feeds the superego, right? And the id is like is animalistic. So it it is concerned with the primary drives of the animal, which is to eat, to drink water, to sleep, to fuck, to reproduce, right? That's as detailed as it gets. And it's I, and base think, level instincts. Yeah. It's it's at the bottom of fucking the like it's your lizard brain. And it sounds like and it almost feels like it's the oversimplification of the human mind of the human uh, psyche. I mean there's there's some truth to it. I, I yeah, I think which so is, too. which is I mean like the flight or flight res, flight or fight response. I makes, just yeah. I, I just think it's an extremely pessimistic way of looking at humanity. Yeah, because humans, you know, they're capable of, of philosophizing and conceptualizing and introspection, which is which so I mean it relates to consciousness, which does not exist in other animals. Te technically, because wasn't it Aristotle that called humans rational animals? I think, yeah, I think something to that <clears throat> aspect. If now following Freud's model, we are rational animals. It's just that that rationality is built on top of this ancient irrationality. Yeah, this animalistic urges, right? But, but you, even yeah, then, I, yeah. I think that on a, I think on an extremely deep level we are different from the animals. Now, I'm not saying we're better than the animals. We are animals. We come from animals. But there's a difference even that deep. Well, our, obviously, our consciousness and self-awareness is, is higher is than, than well, a dolphin. Well, dolphins mean, have it to a certain extent. Dolphins have it to a when, when they look at When they look at themselves in the mirror, they know it's them, and they've proven that. I mean, so look, the, look that up if you don't believe me. I mean, maybe... But it's, maybe, I, 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 but who knows? Maybe it's a, it's a very base instinct. It's maybe very I'm, basic. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. Maybe our our subconscious is just. But that's but that's an, a, animal fucking urges. No, no. But I, I have a, what I'm trying. I guess what you're trying to say is it's a bit of both, and that it's a very pessimistic thing to say that it's very. Well, I mean, it's it is an because humans are a little different, and I think what I think maybe it was the rage back then for in Freud's time to believe, you know, 
subscribe to the biological uh, suprem- uh, supremacist th- thinking. Well, like you said, it was it was, during, Dar- it was during Dar- the Enlightenment. And it was during our Darwin's time when it yeah, was Darwin born. Darwin is let me that look that up because I don't remember actually. Eighteen hundreds. Yeah, Darwin <sighs> birth. Yeah, he was born eight, 1809. So I imagine, yeah. So this was something that would be the rage in he, the he academic com- enlightenment. But I, I think it's so. This is where I like Jung a little bit more, and I think a lot of people do is that Freud is so reductionist i guess he 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 strips it away to such a the lowest denominator or lowest denominator that it's almost it's almost like oversimplifying well it's almost yeah. insulting yeah like you know what i mean jung has because the thing is when doing that and i'm not saying it's wrong because i do think we have that animal side that is just base instinct but you he never accounted for the spiritual which is something, you know, whether you like it or not, people who are atheists out there. I remember I am the atheist on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, religion plays a large part in the human psyche. Well, even if we skip religion, I mean, I mean just like... Even spiritualism. Sp- Some people spirit- like to... Spiritual need in, in terms of like something bigger than yourself. Something that will last after you've... Well, yeah, died. cosmic perspective. I- exactly. Like where you fit into the universe. And where your life, like how your life will matter. These are questions that and some also people the, fill um, with religion, some some fill with other stuff. But Freud basically cut this out entirely and reduced everything to sex. And also, um, like Jung, we talked about Jung in the last episode. Jung said it himself. The people who had no meaning, he wanted to remind them of their, their place in the sequence of history. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot more of a spiritual way. And that doesn't mean it's true. I think... But I think it is true to a certain extent because people have that urge, regardless of what culture they come from, that urge to know that the existentialist idea. Well, and that's that's why our our want, that's why our desire to be famous, that's why TikTok is kicked off the way it has, is because people want to have some sort of legacy. They want to be bigger than themselves, and with religion having taken a large, largely a back seat uh, in this day and age. People are looking to fill that however they can. Everyone's aware that they'll die. It's just, what is your life going to mean to other people? And I, I just, I don't think Freud addresses that enough <clears throat> in, in his work. Where I think Jung addresses that significantly. So let me let me um, go on to Jung now that we're talking about him. Because, oh, after I finish Sig- Sigmund Freud. Freud theorized that thinking during sleep tends to be primitive and regressive. So, like you said, yeah. And it's funny because before we even got to it, we already assumed he was going to say this. Repressed wishes, particularly those associated with sex and hostility, were said to be released in the dreams when the incubatory demands of wakefulness diminished. Okay, speak for yourself, Freud. You know, projection much? You know, not everybody has fucking wet dreams. Just saying. Sorry about that. Um, maybe I'm just a, a Carl Jung fan now. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's like you said. You just redu- it's reductionist to the to the maximum. Everything is sex and hostility and and apeful primate primate rate rage. I, I think a lot of people here's here's where I'm gonna contradict Which what I, th- I just said. A lot of people shit and they just discount everything Freud said. I don't think you can do that either because again, like I said, it's a mixture. There is a like I like really, many things in life. 
At, at our, we do have these base tendencies and these base desires. Like the flight, flight or fight response is a is a lizard brain. It's a, it's from the yeah. I think it's from the well, and, cerebral and cortex. For for those of you that don't participate in No Nut November, uh, myself included, go go ahead and and try to make it fuck. Like hold your shit for a month. Just don't bust for like a month and see what happens. You turn into a fucking animal. It depends on where your mindset is. I know where my mindset. <laughs> That's what I said. You fucking animal. No, I mean you can. You can. No, no, no. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. You can overcome it. You can overcome it, and you can channel that energy into other stuff. And those are the guys who go all monk and shit, right? And that's a great fucking thing. But that's a product of your higher fucking self. If you do not do that... I take that back about the frontal cortex. Actually, your amygdala can respond to this stress as if it's physical threat to you. It can take control of your brain and trigger your flight or fight response. Again, this is like the Freudian... Your, your amygdala is your lizard brain. Y- yeah. Like the Freudian idea that you have a very primitive brain, that rely, a lizard brain almost, that relies on the primal, um, your primal uh, ancestry. You can prevent this or stop an amygdala hijack by breathing, slowing down, and trying to focus on your but thoughts. But that's, that's what I'm saying. This like, allows you to your to frontal do, cortex to regain control. Sorry, you, I meant to you, correct myself. You have to do something additional. If you leave it to just natural body processes, you will become a fucking animal. Like, you will fucking crave crave the poon or the booty depending on what your yeah, inclination yeah, you gotta, well some people you say have, you gotta have something else going on some in people life. also say that the warlike tendency of people is a primal thing as well the need for war and battle to a certain extent mm. i think it depends i think for so i think for at least i think those people are too it, idealistic it, yeah no no it could be an idealistic thing but also it could be a, a, a sensory thing as well some some psychopaths have it, or like criminals who just do it for fun. Well, that's for an that's, adrenaline that's reason. Different. That's people who have their fucking wires crossed. I mean, really, like they. A lot of those people don't feel unless it's like killing. Yeah, like they can't get kicks any other way. That's true. But but like I'm talking fucking for for the sex thing. I know Dio wants to say some stuff to this, but yeah, that's my argument. Is that basically. Unless you do some extra shit to channel that consciously and move that elsewhere, if it's just the physical urge, it will grow and it will come until you're like, I need to fucking, I need to release this shit. And, and you do go fucking, you, you do turn into an animal. I, I, I've fucking done this before. I've held it for a long time and you don't even notice until one day like a fucking waitress will walk by and you're just fucking <laughs> oh my drool, God. drooling in your fucking plate. You know what I mean? It's not... It's not like you're trying to. It's not like you're looking at her like, oh, but just that instinct takes over. And you're just like, female. Well, yeah, because she's like, <laughs> so I guess with Freud, he, Freud is right in that sense because you do become primal almost. I mean, it's it's like the Hulk. Uh, the Hulk? What, what is it? It's bubble, something, something, something. I'm always angry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like. Um, yeah, that's my secret. Yeah, but that's yeah. my secret. I've always been angry. That's my secret. I'm always horny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but some people chant, and I think yeah. Jordan Peterson, and I know we're invoking the god of the alt-right, but he had a good idea with this, that you should channel this energy into something productive, whether it's the, neg- that's the shadow work, using your negative energy, whether that be from, I guess, the horniness, or anger even, and using that for productive means, well, using this excess energy and, and directing it into a different yeah. set that's, of... And that's where Jung, I think, 
he does he takes it a step further because Freud's is Freud's is reductionist to at our core this is all we are is these mindless beasts. Jung says we have that, but, but you can we do can, something. We with can it. take it. We can face it down. We don't have to deny it. And it's a, and it's we, from a re- we use it to go further. And it's from a religious aspect, mind you. By the way, because we talked about Carl Jung in the last episode, saying that he's um, inspired by the Hermetic tradition and the Christian religion and uh, alchemy too. So it's a mystical. It's sort of a mystical, quasi yeah, quasi religious aspect. A lot of a lot of he adds meaning to it. There's symbolism. There's a point. I mean, and just on the sexual part, a lot of works. religions use that sperm retention and sexual denial to fucking purify themselves, to 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 pr- refine that energy. The Taoists are very fucking big with this. Monks, Buddhist monks, just whole holy abstain, right? Christian monks have done similar stuff, but people will use this the sexual energy and they'll redirect it to something more productive. And a lot of times they have things like I know in the Christian tradition they have what's called the ecstasies, which is when they're extremely devoted and they've they're in a deep communion with God. They'll experience something that they describe as as orgasmic, but even even more so and continuous for like hours at a time. This is known as the ecstasy. So there's a lot of spiritual practices with confronting that animalistic side. These animalistic desires like sex or food. Fasting is another one that leads you to these things. Um, So taking those urges and denying them and refining them and, and taking control and redirecting them in the religious context has had, that's how you reach the next level. It's like combining your social modernity normal human being instincts with these deeper animal instincts instead of denying the animal instincts you confront them meld them together and through the union of those two things you're able to transcend to new heights so okay. i think that's why jung is it's pretty hot shit <laughs> yeah i i mean i think that's i agree i can i think i've experienced that um, and by the way, we haven't even started with Jung on his ideas on dreams. So let me finish with, you know, Mr. Freud, Mr. Yeah, Freud, Mr. Cool, Mr. Sex is everything. You know, we're all animals and bees, right? Guess what the train is? Fr- it's a penis. Yeah. And then the shoe is, you the know. The tunnel is vagina. Okay. <laughs> Freud. Okay. I, I, as I said, particularly those associated with sex and hostility were said to be released in dreams with the inhibitory demands of wakefulness diminished. The content of the dream was said to derive from such stimuli as urinary pressure from the bladder, traces of experiences from the previous day, day residues, and associated infantile memories. The specific dream entails details were called, called their manifest control content. The presumably repressed wishes being expressed were called the latent content. Freud suggested that the dreamer kept himself from wake, from wanking, oh, waking, not wanking, <laughs> from wake. Okay, Freud's really getting to me. There's a lot of Freudian slips going on. And avoided unpleasant awareness of repressed wishes by distinguishing them as bizarre manifest content in an effort called dream work. And we talked about dream work. He held that impulses once, once fails to satisfy when awake are expressed in the dreams as sensory images and scenes and dreaming. Freud believed 
all of the linguistic instruments of subtle thought are dropped and abstract terms are taken back to concrete to the concrete the the copious amount the copious employment of symbols for representing certain objects and processes in harmony with the regression of the mental apparatus and the demands of censorship Freud submitted that one aspect of manifest content could come to represent a number of latent elements and vice versa through a process called condensation, as we talked about, the further display of emotional attitudes toward one object or person theoretically could be displaced in dreaming to another object or person. Um, we you kind of really, I think we already talked about this. It's a little repetitive, but we're going to talk about condensation again because Freud really put an emphasis on condensation. For, I think he's the thing about Freud is that it's almost like he's trying to make. There's trying. There's like a cryptic, cryptic, um, primitive sense. The whole censorship sounds like repressed feelings. Like he he thinks that everything is repressed and hidden because it's like we're ashamed. It almost it almost gives me a Victorian vibe. What the way he describes things, like he's like everything. It's like a shame. Everything is a shameful sexual lust in disguise. So we, but but it's so naughty; it needs to be hidden, you know. In I, I think there's some truth. I to think that. there's something. It gives me a Victorian vibe. Like he wants to hide it, and he's trying to say that this is just my idea. Just for some reason, I was thinking about this because he was around that time, the Victorian era, mm-hmm. where he's trying to say that these, like, there's something so naughty and secret and cryptic that it needs to be hidden in these dreams and suppressed because people can't know about it. It needs to be censored. But I mean, but I mean, like if you have even today, like if you have just like extremely like fuck, I mean, we joke about it on the Internet, but the Internet's almost become like the collective unconscious of this day and age. But like if you have like some really fucking kinky ass weird fetish or some shit like that's rule 32, you'll find it on the Internet. Well, not just that, but you're not going to tell your fucking like homies and shit because you're generally worried how they're going to fucking judge you, you know? Yeah, and you, you you know what I mean. Like this is a rel- like censoring is true because is, is a lot of it is common. face. Yeah, exactly. Well, because there's a societal standard, you know, the, and there's this this big push of of like shame because even on a broader level, we don't want to be just. We want to be more than like I was saying before those those base level instincts, right? You know what I mean. There and and this is where I I kind of find a lot of. I, I shit on Freud, but also I, I see a lot of f- fucking shit I vibe with. Because, like, you see that fucking, we use the, the waitress example, right? You're just at a restaurant, you see this waitress, and your fucking eyes wander. Let's say you want to fucking, if you went untalked to her, right, you would you would try to romance her. You'd try to fucking make her laugh. You'd try to do this stuff. You'd try to get, get her out to go on a date with you and maybe another couple dates. But, like, what you're thinking in that moment Man, I'd love to just fucking bend her over and fucking handle this shit, you know. <laughs> and I'm saying that on a purely physical level. Like we watched this, we watched the video earlier um, off tape, but it was this guy who was doing a social experiment. He was just walking. Oh, up to girls. the one who had the guy who asked a hundred people for yeah, yes, females asked for sex. Girls, just straight up, hi. I th- I think you're real cute. I wondered if you wanted to go have sex with me. And, you know, the girls were, they, they, oh, how could you ask? And some were genuinely pissed off about it. But, like, the thing about it is, is it's it's uncomfortable because it's it's the truth. 
You know what I mean? It's the core of all this shit. Because humans, that's something they do honestly think about all the time. It is, and it's something that... Hedonistic pleasure and... If he went and talked to her and fucking schmoozed her up for fucking 45 minutes before taking her out to dinner that night, his intention is still to fucking lay pipe. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That's still the intention behind And, and Freud it. would agree with you. He'd be like, well, this is the underlying cause. Now, I'm not so much a Freud that I'm like, oh, well, you know, all emotion is just a cover for this deeper base sexual desires. No, I think that there's a genuine, this is the human side. There's a genuine human desire for and I think love that- and companionship. But it, I'm the first impression, I don't know shit about her. She could be a fucking literal Nazi. Like, she could believe horrible, horrible things about most of the humans on this earth. I don't know that because I haven't even talked to her yet. But if she walks by, I'm not objectifying her. I'm fucking animalizing her is a better way to look at it. I'm not looking no, at her like yeah, a pocket like pussy. I'm looking going- at her like I'm the fucking, I'm a male of this species. She's a female of that species. She's got, she looks fertile. I got fucking swimmers like shit. It's the Freudian. Um, yeah, it's it's base. It's it's like the literal definition of base. You know, one of the procreation is one of the um, defining features of life and on on all levels, even bacteria. Yeah. So they don't necessarily have any conscious of it, but they viruses. They their whole purpose in a sense is to uh, send is their to spread. Is to to spread. Next, yeah, it's to spread and divide, just like amoebas too. Or any other... Like, sex feel, Sex doesn't... We don't make babies because sex feels good. Sex feels good because we need to make babies. Yes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's designed... At least for humans. Well, you see, like... Yeah, for humans. And, and because I think we're, dolph- sm- we're smart enough that, like... And if dolph- there was no pleasure in sex, we're like... We'd probably be like, yeah, I don't I know I think the only animals... Shit, you know? I think only two animals have sex for pleasure. I think it's dolphins and, and I think it's humans. Pigs, too, I think. Pigs, too? Yes. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. How do we come to that that age old question? Are you like an ass man or a tits man, though? Uh, I ask myself that every day. All right, let's move how on. Did, how do we get to that question? That's yeah. a good question. I ask myself that every day, and it's I mean it's 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 <laughs> relevant. It is yeah. relevant because humans, human females, I well, think no, no, are one they're, of the only mammals that their breasts are showing all the time. Because like other oh, oh remember that uh, episode of uh, other animals, shit. their titties oh. only come out when they're pregnant. Like when mm. they have young, and then they they go back normal. No, but there is a there is a universal, and I think people talk about beauty being kind of cultural, which I do agree to a certain extent. But there is a universal kind of aspect to human you know, female beauty. There's there's which the, is a youthful face and an hourglass shaped body, and then yeah, yeah, exactly that what you just described. So bigger boobs, rounder. For yeah. most countries, from I relatively for, narrow. I mean, they I don't mean, have to be skinny, but yeah. No, but for yeah, and it's that a very and there is an exact, there's an exact, there's an exact reason because most men on this planet have probably have a universal sub. I guess conscious. I mean, we, we can recognize what a healthy mate looks like. Yes. For in terms of like genetic health. So when people recognize. are, t- you know, some people who are mad about that say, "Why do you have to? You know, why is this? This is a female beauty standard. This is a bad thing." So. A, it's a bio- like from it. what it seems like it's a biological thing because it's it transcends culture. It's not taught, you know. Are you taught that I like this body shape? For the most part, you know. Well, even even the cultural stuff is interesting. For example, uh, China, in China, like the really skinny is is a big deal. You know, women and men need to be skinny. Fat's not very highly fucking looked upon. 
But even then, even though that's the beauty standard, fucking, uh, they'll look at women from the, one of the main quotes that Chinese women that we know will say is American women are so sexy because their boobs are so big and their butts stick out. Like there's still this understanding that there's beauty and then there's sexual beauty. Mm. Beauty can be more cultural. Sexual beauty is a raw animalistic thing. Yeah, they even under, they're even they kind of self-aware that they know that there is a standard for Asian countries that is a preference because of their culture, and then there is a kind of a universal biological lust for a certain type of female body. Because you, you can look at a fucking... You can be attracted to extremely skinny women, right? Mm-hmm. As a man. But you're not... You... You're not gonna pass up. Your mind also. is not well. Your mind is not thinking procreation at that moment. Like I know guys are like, oh, I like really sk- like the skinnier the better, but their mind like they usually actively don't want to procreate. You know what I mean? Like there's this maybe even a mutation, a resistance to it in mm-hmm. them, but they're not thinking procreate with those women, which is good because. I've known some women that are built like that that have gone through some serious pregnancy complications because of how skinny they are. How skinny they are, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like almost that there's a certain body that is more easy that is able to give birth more because of what, you know. I think in... Anatomical differences. I know for sure in, like, African cultures, and I think in Africa as a whole, like, actually fat... It's not good. No. It is no, good. good. It is good. Like, it actually is good. fat. Yeah. Um, you also heard of the cultures also liking fat because, you know, it, it's a, it's it. also because yeah. um it shows that they're, they're, they're of wealth. Sure. They're it's from wealthy. Better. Uh, it could be it, too. Low, lower income. Lower income. Generally, fat is because the alternative is starving. Yeah. It depends on like what, how far we're going back. I forget back. the fucking name of it. Because nowadays people can have McDonald's, so there's, that's there's poor. A, there's a gene in Africa that a lot of African women carry that gives them like the shelf butt, like just their ass like has its own fucking zip code. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's like exaggerated. Like they could be they could be real thin, but their ass is like sticking out a foot from behind them. And there, there's an actual genetic. Um, there's a gene that f- they have, and I, I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. When I was when I was uh, in Iraq, uh, some female uh, soldiers from Uganda were there helping us with the stuff, and yeah, like they could be like lean, but they just had an ass that was like <laughs> it, was, it was seriously it had like a life of its own. It was nuts, man. And that's that's that definitely. I, I imagine that gene has influenced rap videos. What, what no, you, I'm serious. Like, yeah. I mean, it's no, but a it's genetic just, memory that's yeah. probably been carried on. Well, that's an interesting thing of anthropology. There is a, a psycholo- uh, a cultural thing, but it's a biological reason why people would like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're at like 58 minutes. Wanna, so yeah. cut it. And we might have to split it. Before we get to Carl Jung. Yeah, we might have to cut it and then do Pick Carl Jung. So yeah. we I'm, did. I'm fr- okay, it. so we did dream work and we talked about Freud. And then a He's lot of a- sex stuff. Wait, did, did we, <laughs> we finish it? We finished no, it. no, we haven't. Yeah, we did Freud, but we haven't done Jung. Jung has a very symbolic. Oh, I didn't know we finished uh, Freud. all the Freud. Yeah, we finished Freud. Yeah, okay. let's do. How about we do Jung on the next one? Because this is a little, yeah. little too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, it'll go like maybe 
two plus hours. Join us next time for more sex talk as we make just bold judgments about women around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making observations. <laughs> hey, this is for the for science. I know where for my posterity. eyes go. When, um, <laughs> Parabellum. Parabellum.